to show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off Matt's Podcast. And it's the holiday season. So happy holidays to all y'all celebrating holidays. But otherwise, it's just me, it's Dante. And I'm going to go ahead and jump to our episode. So this week on the podcast, I want to welcome a new guest to the show. And we connected through Instagram, as most guests do. And they practice Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Sorry, I'm having a hard time. I'm just getting home from work and I'm stuttering and stumbling. So for our guests on the podcast, I want to welcome Miss Blue Mays. Welcome, Blue. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I am doing well. So um, I've, I've actually followed you for quite a while. And uh, when you started the Neurodivergent Grappler accounts, I didn't realize it was you, even though it says it on there. For some reason, I just I'm re- looking at the post. I'm like, oh, I, I can dig this. I'm liking it. So that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. So uh, I, I guess I want to really jump right in and just ask you specifically, what is n- neurodivergence? Yeah, so basically neurodivergence is an umbrella term for people who uh, basically, uh, think differently are not, there's neurodivergence and there's neurotypical. So someone who is neurodivergent may have ADHD, um, autism, uh, Tourette's, um, let's see, dyslexia, things that are, uh, some, something a neurotypical person might not have. So, um, it is considered a disability. It is like an invisible disability. Um, people don't often see it. And and so, uh, but neurodivergence has uh, started to make waves these last few years, along with like mental health. Uh, those two kind of go hand in hand together because there's lots of like uh, comorbidities with maybe a neurodivergence and, and a mental health condition as well. So those have come together quite often. Okay. And as far as, uh, you know, the the umbrella of neurodivergence, um, are you under that umbrella? Do you uh, uh, have any of these qualities yourself as a grappler? Yeah, definitely. So I was diagnosed with ADHD in my mid-20s, I think 25 or 24. I've always had some sort of difficulty with learning and paying attention. Um, when I was in primary school, I would remember getting kind of in trouble often for inattention, uh, but no one seemed to catch on that I, I had ADHD and my parents didn't, you know, take me to like a psychiatrist or like a doctor for that sort of diagnosis. So I kind of just uh, like white knuckled through, through school and college and was always wondering like, what, why am I having such a hard time? Why can't I focus? Why why am I getting these grades? Or um, why am I not doing as well as my peers? Why is it why does it feel so much harder? Sure, sure. I think that's but you know, up until recently, kind of something that a lot of us have gone through. Cause speaking with my wife, I you know, have kind of felt like, you know what, maybe when I was in school, I probably need to be tested 
unfortunately, because mm-hmm. I too had a lot of attention issues in class. Uh, just school wasn't the thing for me. Like I knew things. I just in that setting, it was not going to go over so well for me or it didn't. Right. I tried to be the best student that I could be, but there were still times I would get in trouble. But maybe I thought I was just lazy. I often would procrastinate at times, but it wasn't that. It was ADHD. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, now that I look back on it, it's like, yeah, that sounds like me, like, especially procrastinating. I'll get to the last thing, but I always felt like I did my best work. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you, you've got a paper due tomorrow morning, 1 a.m. Let's go. Yeah. And it always works. Same. Yeah, same, same. My best work was always me finishing up the day before it was due. I think there are a few homework assignments done on the school bus. So, the, you yeah. know, as I turn it in, it's like, what's wrong with your handwriting? Are the answers right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, kind of going along your journey and, uh, you know, realizing this, at what point did you discover jujitsu? Um, so I started jujitsu in 2018. Um, and basically I was training at the school doing Muay Thai. Um, and I thought I liked Muay Thai, but I, I did really enjoy it after a while. And um, I wanted to make friends doing Muay Thai and it just wasn't really working for me. I wasn't really making friends and um, and I decided to move to Utah abruptly because I was going to, through like a quarter life crisis. Um, and in Utah, I joined like I just Google searched Muay Thai because I thought, oh, that's what I want to do. Um, but after the second time I went there and did the sparring and I got punched really hard in the face, I just didn't want to do it again. So I decided like, I still want that third space where I could potentially make friends, um, and maybe build confidence. Cause I had pretty low self-esteem and wasn't fit, wasn't really active. So I decided to do jujitsu there at that gym. And so um, I just trained at the gym for four months, and then I moved back to Colorado, um, trained um, at a school there um, that's pretty well known. And um, I just trained there for a couple of years, got to blue, and then switched schools like two, three times. Uh, so now finally here, I have purple belt. Um, oh, congrats on that, that too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, like I, I didn't think I would get that far, but. I told myself from the first day, like, just don't quit because I've had a hard time with commitment issues. And that might be like my ADHD characteristic because I would lose interest in something pretty quick. But uh, I still have a lot of interest in jujitsu. Right now, it, is sound, it sounds like we are twins right now because really? that, the same thing is like, don't quit. Don't quit. I, I have a hard time with committing. Right now, if you look to my basement that's hidden, there mm-hmm. there is markers of all my projects that, all right, I'm going to do this. We're going to make it. We're going to commit. And then I'm like, ooh, look at this. There's something else to commit to now. And right. ju- like jujitsu is the one thing that I'm like, you have to stick with this because <laughs> it, it's, it's a journey. It's a lifelong journey. So, yeah, you'd be surprised like how many people I've met who 
resonate and say that, you know, they haven't been diagnosed with ADHD, but they notice that they have some symptoms or characteristics of it. Um, and somehow jujitsu, it just stuck to them and it really interested them. And um, with people with ADHD, especially, they kind of shine in that department where if they find something they really, really like and enjoy, they will put a lot of energy and focus into that. I always thought about that when it came to school and work for that matter. It's mm -hmm. like, if there's something that I'm really, really into, like my current job now, I love it because I'm working with people. I'm helping people. And it's like, I love this job. Where's my last job? Wasn't so much that. And I could do the job. It was just like, like I don't want to do this. This like, right. I'm, I'm not being kind to people. And you're like, oh, he's lazy. He, you know, he can't do the job. I was like, no, I can. I'm not lazy. I just don't like okay. you guys. But, okay. you know, so it, it's, it is very um, just interesting when, when, you know, you, you know, start to sit back and look at these things and now hearing it from you. I was like, oh my goodness, it's all making sense. Yeah. I get DMs all the time. People are like, this is making sense. And I tell them, like, you might have ADHD, you might have something else, too. You just, you never know. There's actually a lot of, like, um, commonalities that, like, autism and ADHD has. So I would recommend if you suspect something's going on, first, I would talk to your doctor about that. Yeah, that's, that, that's a thing that I do try to remind myself, like, hey, you know, you, you see your doctor weekly, you should probably... This up and it has come up, but then I get sidetracked. I use this podcast as partly therapy too. As I talk to other grapplers, I'm like, oh, okay, that, that makes sense. I get it now. And then I go back to my therapist. I'm like, hey, so maybe this. Yeah. Um, I'm the same way. So, um, but how has uh, jujitsu helped you, you know, with uh, your ADHD? Yeah, it's definitely made me more of a disciplined person. Um, for someone with ADHD, like especially for me, what I realized is that I needed some, I need something to be disciplined at, um, something that's regimented, um, has a schedule, consistent schedule, because I don't thrive in chaos. And in my previous life, I was in a chaotic environment and I survived through it. But now, um, with jujitsu, everything's a lot more regimented. I pretty much eat kind of the same things every day um, to stay healthy. Um, jujitsu's forced me to be healthy. Um, it's made me exercise. So it's just this exercise more and do like strength training. Um, and it's been this domino effect of like, okay, I want to be good at this sport and I want to dedicate more time. So, you know, I pivoted careers because I didn't enjoy my previous jobs. I've changed jobs so many different times because, you know, I've been told I'm lazy, but I wasn't lazy. I just, if I don't enjoy it, I'm not going to put an effort into it. So now I work in tech, um, in web design, um, and I love it a lot more because I, it gives me room and freedom to be creative. Uh, so jujitsu has allowed me to put myself out there. Uh, it's made me take more risks. It's made me more of a disciplined person. It's made me a friendlier person. It's made me kinder, uh, more empathetic. So I think it's helped me 
you know, all just holistically, it's helped my whole life. Good, good. I I always tell my friends who they just don't want to give it a try. I always say, look, you'd be surprised at what jujitsu could offer. And, you know, I don't think jujitsu is for everyone, but I think everyone should at least check it out. And who knows? I, I didn't think that me getting beat up by a 14 year old on a Saturday afternoon was going to change my life like this. And here we are. Now I'm like, wow, I, I think I owe that kid lunch. Yeah, definitely. I, I never thought like a 50 year old man uh, or like a 70 year old man could beat me up. And, you know, how how is this person outpacing me? And I have I'm like 30 years younger than this person. And, you know, you, you find friendships, too. And like the most like yeah. like it you wouldn't imagine being friends with someone that's much older and had a different life than you. But through jujitsu, like you're able to make those friendships. Sure, sure. I think with jujitsu too, it's like a lot of us kind of everyone's journey is different, but we all kind of have a similar um, route in in the sense of like we want to get better, you know. So we're all there to hopefully get better. So you know, I, I think that does help, mm -hmm. you know build those structures of a friendship because you know, if you're going to the gym and you're there and it's like, Hey, I'm here to get better. And somebody else is like, and I'm, I'm just here. I'm, I'm just here to, you know, do whatever. And it's like, okay, well, we are not the same. That's not to say you can't, you know, interact and, and build a friendship, but it's like, you're going to more than likely, you know, be magnetized towards someone. It's like, look, I'm competing this weekend and, you know, I'm trying to drill this oh, me too, versus the person that's like, look, man, I'm just here. Like, mm -hmm. okay, well, you just be there. We gonna go right. over here. Right. So I uh, saw your Instagram a while back um, in the stories. I actually was going to reach out, but I was like, I'm not sure how to reach out. It was about competing and, and really like talking to other grapplers about uh, getting into competing. And I, I thought that was interesting because just hearing you earlier say, you know, coming into jujitsu, you know, early on, you didn't feel confident or not even coming into jujitsu, but just like with ADHD, you know, the confidence was just kind of, you know, not there as you're moving around and, you know, looking for a place to, to really, I guess, find yourself. But I would have never guessed that, you know, just again seeing you compete in seeing you just recently getting promoted to purple and then even here just talking to you it's like oh like awesome because it, it clearly works i i would say but um as, as far as um you know helping individuals with you know that that want to compete but they're not quite sure about it like how does that work with you like like what do you say to those individuals i just had a conversation with the white belt the other day and the things I told her is that at white belt you know obviously you don't know everything you won't know everything you'll never be too prepared but I think the one advice I would give to you is to have fun and breathe just and just take the moment for what it is um what helped me a lot was to not think about the future um and what I meant that is like where am I going to place on the podium what is my outcome going to be? This girl's going to beat me up. Oh my God. Like this girl is like done X, Y, Z. So obviously she's going to beat me up. I don't 
think like that anymore. Uh, so I would tell the white belts, like, you know, you're, you're gonna, you might lose. That's okay. It's not a big deal. It's just part of progress. Um, if you try to see that as just information you're getting um, and just a way to just keep progressing and improve your game, you're going to go far in competing. It's normal to be scared. It's normal to be nervous. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a high pressure environment. Um, but if you're able to find, you know, what works for you, it's, it's just experimentation at this point. Like the first few tournaments, you might not do well, but then you start to find your stride you'll get better and better. Like if you just put some effort into it. So that was a lot, but <laughs> I would tell them those things. Sure. Look, look, I always tell everyone, look, answer, like take as long as you need to answer, say as many words as you need to. I just had someone recently. It was like, sorry about the long tangent. I was like, no dude. Like I think the listeners would prefer hearing you instead of me. Because, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, also you. keeping in mind, I have to edit this, so I would much rather hear you all as well versus like every time I'm editing, I'm like, God, I'm still talking. Yeah. Shut up, Dante. <laughs> so when it comes to your your grappling journey, your martial arts journey in general, because, I mean, again, you started with Muay Thai, which I don't blame you. I like I tried Muay Thai. I hit shins with somebody once and I was like, Mm-mm, sorry, guys, like I, I'm just going to go ahead and get my arm broken instead shins hurts but what would you say has been you know kind of your biggest challenge just you know in in this journey oh man i think at white belt i had i just had the hardest time maybe like connecting to people and like um the hardest thing wasn't like learning the techniques um, because eventually I, I would get that down. I drilled. Um, but I think for me, the hardest thing, especially being neurodivergent, was just like just finding that support system um, within jujitsu. Like I, it, I understand that jujitsu is a business. A jujitsu school is a business. They have to make money. But also, Jiu-jitsu is a third space now for many of us adults, you know, uh, a third space is somewhere where people go to socialize and like make a friend outside of work and school. Um, so like a third space. So like the first space is your home. Second is your work. And then the third is some sort of social setting where at like maybe 20, 30 years back, maybe the mall was the third space. But now with, you know, Amazon and online shopping, there's like a decline of malls, decline of people really going out to do anything. Um, and, and people have become defensive when a stranger approaches them. So uh, having that third space in jujitsu, it's just been hard for me to make friends. I remember the first year I wanted to, after like the first year of jujitsu, I wanted to compete. Um, and I asked people to drill with me. No one really wanted to drill with me. There was one person who would drill with me, but our schedules were so different that I couldn't catch her uh, to drill with me. Um, I would ask like the professor, like, can you show me this? And they just were like, just do it private. And I felt dismissed uh, in a sense. And I wonder sometimes if it was because, you know, I have ADHD. At that point, I didn't really know if I had ADHD or anything, but I felt weird around 
people um, in the jujitsu circle. I didn't, I didn't, I felt uncomfortable in my own skin. I always just felt weird and out of place. So that was the hardest thing for me was jujitsu. It's just like finding where I fit in in this world, um, finding who could be my friends, who would be my allies. Um, and it took until literally the third year in blue belt, like four years into training to find that. Good. I'm glad you're able to, you know, find, you know, find that, that, um, you know, that tribe, I guess that, that, that group within the group. So it's tough. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm still in that, that pocket. I've been doing this for, I think eight years now. So, uh, it, it, it can get overwhelming, but I mean, as you, as you know, it, it doesn't last forever. So, no. so with, you know, addressing your biggest challenges on the match, what has been, I guess, outside of, you know, at this point getting promoted to purple belt, which you said, you know, you didn't think you'd make it there. I would imagine that's, you know, one of the bigger su successes uh, thus far. Um, but outside of that, you know, what has, you know, been kind of one of your proudest moments, you know, in grappling? Um, one of the proudest moments was winning Nogi's hand at Blue Belt. Um, but also just like, there was just a series of events that led up to that. Um, and this year in particular, I turned 30. Um, I was, I started competing my first year at Blue and it's been such a struggle. That's probably another challenge that I've had was just competing and that having that aggression come out, having that uh, that athlete mentality show through. I, I didn't know how to channel that. I didn't know that was a thing, really. I just thought, oh, you just practice and then you compete. But competing is a different skill set, uh, which I feel like I've I'm starting to master and get better at. So that's been something I'm very proud of. But also just this journey, like competing, competing alone uh, with no coach, just going to opens, I think I just opens by myself and just competing and not giving up, just trying. Um, there was one tournament I placed third in my bracket and I was like, I am not happy with that. So I'm going to sign up for absolutes. So I signed up for absolutes, um, beat three people to the finals and then lost. In the finals but i fought hard for that and i was like that was a great moment for me um to get silver and absolute but definitely like all the hard work i did competing leading up to nogi nogi uh pans um, i'm very proud of i'm proud of all those moments good awesome it's inspiring to, to hear something like that and just again hearing you know your story up to this point just it it I, you know, it feels the the arena with energy i, I feel like well wow, this is really cool cuz as someone who's introverted myself and just always feels awkward and like i don't feel like i'm in the right places like hearing your story just makes me feel like you know what it's going to be okay like there's someone else who who's experiencing that as well. And I, I'd like to think that there are, you know, people listening that can kind of take from that. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. No um, problem. 
So in jujitsu, especially lately, I've been seeing this online and it tends to be a thing online anyway, because people online talk a big game, but you know, everybody's a bully online, but, um, well, not everybody, but there are a lot of them, like a, a lot, unfortunately, but have you dealt with any, um, in academy, like, not like necessarily like bullying, like, you know, you know, like your traditional schoolyard bullying, but like people who are just unnecessarily rude to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess as you did mention earlier, you know, trying to find people to drill with, but I mean, like people that seem to go out of their way to be rude. Um, I would say I, I experienced like, you know, microaggressions or like, um, like the first school I went to, you know, like I look back at it and I realized, you know, there were times where people were being mean to me and they didn't have to be mean to me. And I think they blew me off and were being mean to me because I wasn't like quote unquote normal. Uh, maybe my behavior was a bit off. Um, I was going through quite a bit personally back then also. So people didn't really want to deal with that on top of it being a person of color and a woman in a majority male dominated field, you know, like you're just an outcast by default. Um, so people do see you as like a target. You know, there's been times where like the front desk people were not very nice to me. Um, and I just wonder why, you know, like I remember volunteering to help the kids program. So I come like twice a week to help the kids class and this was like I was like a four stripe white belt and I had to wear the um their the school's gi but I couldn't afford the school's gi and this uh woman at the front desk would get upset every time I asked like can I borrow a gi top to wear and she's just like when are you going to get your own gi top you know this is this is inconvenient um but she was never, I would watch her and she was never rude or talk that way to anyone else. Um, but to me, so maybe I was hyper analyzing it, but also I wonder like, why, why do people treat me this way? Um, yeah, um, I had, I've had some black belts be, you know, mean to me as well and like dismissive. But it was again because I was just struggling with, Jiu-jitsu. I wasn't excelling at it. I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't doing as well as this one lady who's like pretty blonde white girl and she's excelling at it. And everyone's like, oh, let's help you. Let's help you. And I would ask for help and would be dismissed. So I don't think people went out of the, their way to be mean to me. But I think because I had maybe abnormal behaviors, like I was depressed too. Um, and had severe anxiety so I struggled in social situations so that's abnormal they thought that was weird I wasn't doing well on the mats I wasn't really showing signs of like progressing the blue belt early on you know there's people who are getting blue belts six months in a year in it took me two years um but finally got it um so that hurt a lot but once I entered the colored ranks of blue and I changed schools a few times. Like there were crowds I was hanging out with who were not 
good for me and um, were they were struggling with their own things and projecting their insecurities onto me. And I realized like, I don't wanna be around people like that. I don't want to be around people who keep pushing me down or want to want me to stay in their stay in my box so that they feel comfortable. Um, and I remember just once I started to go out there and do more things, those people like started to, you know, get mean and try to gaslight me into thinking like, you need to stay in your box. You need to stay in your lane. Like you shouldn't be competing. Why are you competing? Uh, you need to stay at this gym. You're making our gym look bad. And I was just, I didn't quite understand. So I had to switch schools again. And and now I'm in much in a much better place. So I feel like I've just been running into people who unfortunately are projecting their own insecurities onto me. Yeah, it thinking about the front desk people is like, hey, you're the front desk. Like you're the first like line of like, you know, who's who's gonna see you? You should be the nicest, if right. anything. Uh, you know, at at the gym, number one, mm-hmm. and then you know, number two is like, you know, people. You would think by this point we understand that everyone that comes into you know jujitsu jujitsu gym or martial arts gym, period. You know, we're we're dealing with our own battles, you know, one way right. or the other. So for anyone to dismiss anyone else, it, it's really bizarre to me, at least. I, I feel like. You know, no one in there is perfect. And if you're in a gym where no one has a single problem and then you run into somebody that might be a little quirky, you know, at that point, it's like, all right, well, maybe, you know, you have the problem because you can't adjust or accept seeing somebody that's, you know, a little different. So right. But I'm glad you're able to, you know, find where, where you belong. That's good. Yeah, thank you. I mean, you know, you see like Tom DeBlas talking about bullying and bullying isn't a ch- only just a children problem or teenager problem. Adults get bullied too. There's also like PTSD that adults face who were victims of bullying as a child and then they want to come into this environment. It's very brave of them to come into this environment where you're consenting to being attacked, <laughs> um, basically. Um, but then you have people who treat you poorly like that, you know, it's not a good feeling. And it like makes you relive that trauma. Um, I felt that way. And like, I would get anxiety every time I'd come to the gym, like almost a panic attack. But I was like, no, I'll just fight through. I'll, 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 I'll just step in there and get out. And, um, I was just scared of what people would think of me because I felt like I already made a bad impression. But then later on, as I got older, I realized, like, it's just, that's just not the right environment for me. Sure, sure. I used to have this mindset before, and I still have it now, but more so before signing up for jujitsu, where I would walk into a room confident because I knew no one in that room could beat me up. Mm-hmm. So I would always walk in like, you can say what you want, but you can't beat me. And once I started doing uh, jujitsu, I I still have pretty frequent panic attacks before I train and I've been doing it for a while, but you know, there isn't a mindset of like, you know, 
I can do what I want because you can't beat me. Now there's this mindset of, well, look, if you don't like what I like, that's fine. You don't have to just, you don't have to say nothing nasty about it either. Right. Like I'm a comic book nerd. I got a basement full of action figures down here right now. And, yeah. you know, most people are pretty cool about it, but I've had some people like, oh, you collect toys. And it like 10 years ago, I would have been on that attack. Like, okay, let's go. You can't beat me. I'll, I'll be trash right here. Now it's like, yeah, I do. That's what I do. It, it, it keeps me calm. I, I also bake. You yeah, want that apple cool. crisp? That's awesome. Um, it, it, you know, we, it, it's it's all about growth. Exactly. Um, so I know we're on a you know relative short time here. So I want to get one more question before we get out of here. Yeah. Um, and then I I would love to have you back on because it's just like I yeah, just pinch right now. But it's like I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, like this like. Good conversation. I like this. I, I'm learning. Yeah, so much. Dave, I wish I could stay longer. I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, yeah, I it, hope we can talk fine. more. <laughs> um, so for uh anyone new coming into the sport that may have um, a neuro neurodivergence, you know, what's some advice you would give them stepping into the gym for the first time, you know, with butterflies and nerves? Yeah, so I would um I would maybe like pick several gyms in the area look at their website, look at their reviews, um, show up to their class. And uh, maybe most most schools offer maybe like a week or 30 days free. Um, take that time to just like understand the class structure and explore a bit. I think for neurodivergent folks, like we, especially I can only speak for myself with ADHD, but some with autism as well, like the routine and like schedules that are consistent, teachers that are consistent, um, is there like a uh, fairly positive presence? Like, is it is it a bit too culty for you? Um, that might not be the right environment. Maybe you like that, you know, type of structure, I guess. Um, it just depends on what you like. Um, do you, do you want to go to class in the evening? Do they have morning classes? Um, what's the pace of the classes? Are they, do you see like, the upper belts helping the lower belts and being encouraging and it's a healthy environment you can refuse to roll if you don't want to you don't have to explain as they're like a anti-bullying anti-harassment policy there where if someone is you know bullying someone they're out or like harassing someone it's done it's over um it's kind of hard to you know see that probably in the first week or 30 days but you know even when you jump in and join the gym and you fall in love with it, maybe you train for a year and you start seeing kind of these red flags. Um, if you feel safe enough um, to talk to like the owner um, or a professor about that, uh, you know, feel free to talk to them about that. But if you don't feel safe, then start exploring other options and go to different gyms and try a week trial and see how you feel there. You know, it's okay to change schools. You don't have to, you know, stay at the same school. I think a lot of people like feel like you have to be loyal, but at the end of the day, you know, it's a business, you know, and you're the customer and they should be catering to you, to the customer's needs. But if they're not able to, you know, meet your needs, then go somewhere else. Great advice, sir. And thank you for that. All right, Blue. Well, before we get out of here, do you have any shout outs or mentions you want to drop before we wrap up and I'll put those in the show notes? Yeah, sure. Um, I want to shout out to my school compound training center um, and my friends um, 
let's see, Daisy, Marcina, um, Lilia, who else, Joey, um, they've helped so much with my, my jujitsu journey, and my friend Jocelyn, too, I don't want to forget her, she's been with me since, like, the beginning, but, yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, no problem, thank you, and actually, you are, out of the last four episodes, you're the third person from Colorado to be on the show. Oh, so, wow, that's cool. I just mentioned on the last episode, I had a lot, I've been getting a lot of downloads. I tend to get a lot of downloads from Colorado period, but oh wow, you know, usually I'll go into like this heavy flow of like, I'm, oh my God, there's more downloads from there than Maryland where I am. So wow. Um, thank you to all of you. So um, I will be sure to, um, you know, mention the neurodivergent grappler in the show notes as well, as well as yourself, uh, your personal Instagram and for everybody listening, as always, thank you very much for having questions, concerns, criticisms. Always feel free to reach out. You can find me at bjj.wiki on Instagram or Off The Mass Podcast on Instagram. I want to give a big shout out to my friends over there at Nerve Age Radio, Bobby, Chris, Joe, Marilyn, Phil, Ricky, Tiki, all you fellas. Thank you. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be doing podcasts. So thank you, fellas. I also want to shout out my other podcast. So you like horror? It's a scary movie podcast. Go listen to it if you like scary movies. I like it. That's why I do it. Uh, you also find that on Instagram. So you like horror? All were separated by underscores. So go check that out. And also, I want to give another shout out to my guest here, Blue Maze. Thank you very much. And I definitely am looking forward to having you back on and speaking with you again, because just hearing your story and hearing your journey has been just inspiring to myself and hopefully my listeners, you know, are taking things from that as well. And maybe even say, hey, you know what? That does sound a little bit like me. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, thank you for doing this and thank you for making the time. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely no problem. And thank you again to all the listeners. I love you guys. You guys keep listening and we are going to keep making these shows. Thank you, everyone. And ciao. Let me see his song.